And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a comedy episode of Fibber, McGee, and Molly from 1941. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. Lisa will play clips from popular songs, provide a statement about each song, and my job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's right, and that's a difficult job. I, I realize that you have some trouble each week with that. So we're going to talk about popular songs that are used in television shows. Okay. So here is the first song. Do we have a pizza on the line? Is there a pizza on the sure. line? Walking on air. So good. <laughs> I don't know. So this is, believe it or not, it's right. the theme from The Greatest American Hero, which is a TV series okay, that we know. That. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, this is by Joey Scarberry, and here is your statement. Mm-hmm. Catchy tune, right? Okay. Yeah. A version of this song is heard on an episode of Cheers. Real or ridiculous? Just like the light of a new hmm. day. I'll say false. I mean, ridiculous. Ridiculous? You gotta, say, gotta go I'll with say the rules ridiculous. here. ridiculous. All right, let's listen to the clip. It's Friends. The friends? Nope. Believe it or not, George isn't Oh, it's Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld. Wow. That is George's That's voicemail. right, I remember that. Yeah. When we used to have voicemail and totally. had a recording. Yes. Yes. Believe it or not, I'm not home. <laughs> that's I'm fantastic. Not home. Oh, that's great. Screening for Allison. Hey. So, coffee shop? No, I can't. She knows I go there. It's not secure. That's my good buddy, Jason, there. Man, I wish he was my good buddy. I'm a fan. So, anyhow. Should I just text him right now and tell him, hey, we're talking about you on the radio? Exactly. Anyway. We sure are. So, uh, so that is correct. I'm one up, huh? That is correct. Okay. Good one. Okay, here's the next song. Ooh, I can taste that pizza, This is How to Save a Great. Life by The Great Fray, term. released in 2006 from the album How to Save a Life. Okay? Great song. Great tune. Great tunes tonight. Wow, I'm Man, really on my you A-game, are. huh? You really are, wow. Lisa. Thank you for that yeah. pat on the back I mean, For there. once in a while, you'll get it you right, know. you know? Right. I mean, meaning One that my taste aligns with yours. One out of ten. Mm-hmm. So here's your statement. This song is heard on an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Real or ridiculous? I never watched Grey's Anatomy. How would I know that? You wouldn't know anyhow whether you watched. You wouldn't necessarily remember. Grey's so. Anatomy. I'm going to say real on that Real? One. Okay, let's listen. 
a beautiful afternoon to save lives, people. That's Grey's Anatomy, right? Let's have some fun. Yeah. Oh, I got it. That is Grey's Anatomy, and it's a beautiful day to save lives. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't that the no. No, no, this was like during a scene when they were doing some surgery. That was McDreamy right there, right? Or Mc somebody. McDonald's. Along the left margin. I think the first Across guy the right we heard was McDreamy. Well into the so that is correct. It is it's real. Wow. 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 Woo. You are flying high I'm here. I'm on a roll. I'm okay. like butter. I'm All on a right. roll. Here we go. Here's your next song. We need to get it to the war now. Now, I cannot venture to say his name correctly, um, but he is a native Hawaiian and he plays the ukulele, and he's best known for his version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, recorded in 1988. His first name is Israel, and his last name I can't pronounce. Try. It's Kaanoi Kamakawiwoi Oli. I'm close. All right. Okay. Here's your statement. Mm. This song is heard on an episode of ER. False. All right, let's listen. It is? It is. Oh, this man. is a, a scene from ER. It's hard to see the visual, but it is. Oh, shoot. Darn it. <laughs> so, darn, 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 darn. Darn, 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 darn. Darn it. So sorry you got that. We didn't get that uh, one. Uh, All right. right. Well, get a little buzzer on that one. All right. All right. You've got one more no to go, pizza, though. No pizza, then, huh? No, not this time. Here's your next song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you can tell by the way I I'm picking good walk. songs. I'm, I'm picking good man. songs. No time to talk. So this is Staying Alive, written right. by Bee Gees from Saturday Night Fever, motion yep. picture soundtrack. Yeah. Released in 77. Changed my life. This song, this movie and song changed my life. I was a nerd until this movie came out. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I mean, it changed my life. I got into disco. I learned how to dance. Oh. You know, I got. Did you? I became. Yeah, I learned oh. how to dance. Wow. I became more, let's say, um, social. Okay. You know, I went to discos. I went, you know, roller. You got taller. I got taller. Right. Rollerblading. I wore like. Well, your platform shoes, platform your shoes, Italian horn. Italian horn. Your leisure suit. Well, I didn't wear a leisure did suit. Did you have like a beige leisure suit? No. I saw a picture well, of I you in I guess I did, really. Yeah. You showed it to me. This, but just this whole movie and, and song yeah. I mean, changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. But well, we all have that moment. It was It was this pivotal. This was yours. It was pivotal. <laughs> all right. Here's your statement. This song is heard on an episode of The Simpsons. I would say that's true. Okay, let's play it. I would say that's true. And unfortunately, I can't show the visual, but this is Bart Simpson walking yeah. down the street um, with a boatload of confidence. So I got all of them right except for one. That wow. is true. That is true. That is 75%. Do I get like a partial pizza? 
Um, you get a mushroom. Uh, she I'll wanted take, mushroom and sausage. I'm going to go with a mushroom. I'll take a mushroom. I owe you a mushroom. I'll take not a mushroom. To make, not I'll make, take whatever I'm I can get. I'm trying not to make it too mushy. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. All right. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. Thanks. Great job. I like, I like, I like the stuff you chose tonight. Wow. I'm feeling really, good about it. Really, really good. I give you like a, an eight and a, and a half. Okay. That's all. I'm a tough grader. You know that. 8.5. That's yeah. it? Lot, Lisa, I'm a tough grader. Wow. Nobody what do gets I have a to 10. do to get There's a nine? No all right. What I do I have to do 10. to get a nine? Um, I'll give you a nine. How's that? Okay, or 9.5. All right. Really good job. Thanks. All right, when we come back, Fibber, McGee, and Molly, stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Fibber McGee and Molly, uh, they were played by Jim and Marion Jordan. They were a real-life husband and wife. They were natives of Peoria, Illinois, and their radio show premiered in 1935. They lived at 79 Wistful Vista in Wistful Vista, USA. It was written by Don Quinn, and um, on each episode in the early run, you would uh, hear Throckmorton P. Gildersley, played by Hal Perry. Also, Mayor Latrivia, played by Gail Gordon. Wallace Wimple, uh, old-timer, and Horatio K. Boomer, all played by Bill Thompson. And then there was Doc Gamble, played by Arthur Q. Bryant, who did the voice of Elmer Fudd. And, uh, yeah, it was just a great series. People would drop by and talk to the McGees and, talk about their lives, and it was just just so much fun. Uh, It lasted until 1959, and uh, we have a broadcast from 1941 for you here, October 14th to be exact. Fibber wants to become the fire commissioner of Wistful Vista. Let's see how that all works out. Part one now of Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by Martha Tilton and the King's Men, and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with It's High Time. This is the time of year when maple leaves and football forecasters begin to turn yellow. There's a nip in the air in Wistful Vista, and our hero thinks a fire in the fireplace will be pretty dandy. So here, with papers and kindling and matches and a bucket of kerosene and not enough accident insurance, we find that unintentional arsonist and his watchful wife, Fibber McGee and Molly. There, that ought to do it. Hand me that bucket of kerosene, Molly. I will not. Huh? You've got enough paper and kindling in there to barbecue an elephant. McGee, don't pour that on there. Don't, (laughs) now. Oh, Molly, don't be such a scaredy calf. Here, watch. Oh, dear. Uh, 
When you get through starting that fire, McGee, run downtown and get me some dynamite. Huh? I want to open a can of sardines for lunch. <laughs> What's a few drops of kerosene? Where's the matches? Oh, here they are. I'll have a roaring fire in here in no time at all. Yes, a roaring fire and a howling insurance adjuster. McGee, for the last time, please don't do Better that. Better step back a little, Molly. It may flare up a little bit at first. Oh. Wow! <laughs> McGee! Look out! Put that screen in front of it, quick! Don't worry, I got it under control. Hand me my coat. The rug's on fire. Here, here, beat it. Beat it where? Beat out the fire, foolish. That's rest Should have used safety matches to start it with. Them kitchen matches make too big of a flame. <laughs> There, it's okay, Molly, it's okay Yeah, sure, it's fine The house full of smoke, the rug all scorched And you've only got one eyebrow left Well, how did I know that was... Oh, dear Quick, wipe the soot off your face, McGee You look like an end man You look like a mammy yourself, Mommy <laughs> Come in Heavenly days, it's Mayor Latrivia <laughs> Come in, Your Honor. Hi, Mr. Mayor. Good day, McGee. How do you do, Mrs. McGee? I just... <laughs> what goes on? Humigating? No, the, uh, the fireplace backfired, Mr. Mayor. Won't you have a chair? <clears throat> Thank you, no. Just stopped in on a matter of business. Mr. McGee, you're a public-spirited citizen. I'm sure you'd be glad to give the city the benefit of your executive experience. Why, certainly, Your Honor. What do you want me to do, run for your job next year? Why, <laughs> shucks, I'll be glad to. All I gotta do is profit by the mistakes you've made, and I'll sure... McGee! <laughs> Let the mayor talk. Huh? Oh. Mr. McGee, the office of mayor of Wispel Vista is not under discussion. Oh, you think not? If you'd hear what people are saying about the McGee. way... McGee! Let the mayor talk. Okay. Go ahead, Trivial. <clears throat> to be brief, McGee, one of our officials is making a nationwide survey and will be out of the city for a week or ten days. His office is too valuable and important to remain vacant during that time. I want you to fill the vacancy pro tem. Oh, what job is it, Mr. Mayor? Fire commissioner. <laughs> well, Bud, you've come to the right man. With my experience in fire prevention... <laughs> Pardon me, it's the smoke, I guess. Very well, then, we'll consider it settled. Here's a badge, and here's your official appointment. Mr. Mayor, I accept with pleasure. And I must say that for a city like our Wispel Vista, a man like me is none too good for it. I think so, too. Thank you, Mr. McGee. I'll inform the city council that the office has been filled pro tem. Uh, th uh, what does pro tem mean? That's a Latin phrase meaning try and keep it. Thank you and good day. <laughs> Hot dog. Imagine me, Molly. Fire commissioner. The first thing I'm going to do is call a meeting of the Chamber of Commerce this afternoon and give them a talk on fire prevention. Yes, and if they ask how you scorched your eyebrow, tell them you were cleaning the fireplace and didn't know it was loaded. <laughs> now, let's see. I better have the secretary of the chamber telephone all the members. And get... That's probably for me, Molly. Hello, Fire Commissioner McGee speaking. Who? Oh. Oh, hi, Roscoe. Sure, okay, Roscoe. I'm calling a special meeting of the chamber for 2.30 this afternoon. Can you be there, Roscoe? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, you betcha, Roscoe. I'll see you there. Okay. I'm glad you called, Roscoe. Hey, Molly. Yeah? Do I know anybody named Roscoe? <laughs> well, you do now. Oh, these constituents. <laughs> Always coming around to ask us city officials for a favor. Come in. 
Oh, hello, Mr. DePopolis. Oh, hi, Nick. Hello, Cupid. Hello, Fizzer. What is this unfounded roommate I'm hearing about you being annoyed at the pro-temporary fire commissionary? <laughs> well, it's true, Mr. DePopolis. He's hot stuff and he's got a badge to prove it. <laughs> Molly, remind me to get you some throat tablets. What? You're developing a bad scoff. Oh. <laughs> oh, Commissioner What was you saying, Nick? What I was about to say Before I was so rudely interrupted Is that in my restaurants is We are having quite a fire hazard Hazard I'll say we has <laughs> What is the fire hazard in your restaurant, Nick? Well, when we are getting an order For a charcoal grill porter steak house uh, no. no, you mean porterhouse steak eh? It's the same thing, only tougher <laughs> Every time the cook is charcoal grilling it, the bacon grease in the frying pan is catching itself into a big flame of fire. And all we can do is stand there, hopeless. Haven't you got a fire extinguisher? Sure. But every time we squirt it on the frying pan, it is making the steak taste very peculiar. <laughs> Look, Mr. DePopolis, your restaurant specializes in charcoal grilled steaks and chops, doesn't it? Oh, smartly. Just like Mother used to make Papa mad by cooking them the same way. <laughs> why, Cupie? Well, it's a little drastic, maybe, but uh, why don't you get yourself a charcoal broiler? Well, for scream's sake. I never thought of that. Thank you. <laughs> Molly, this is a great day for Wispo Vista. Is it? It surely is. Why, when the citizens of this community, this little city of homes and schools and churches, realize that their safety and well-being are now in the hands of Fibber McGee, acting fire commissioner... Oh, stop acting, fire commissioner. <laughs> Sing, boys. <laughs> Sing tapioca. I used to work upon the levee, waiting for the steamer to go down. Sometimes she was loaded mighty heavy, and sometimes she would run aground. What you going to give me for my dinner? Potato cakes are cooking merrily. Oh, that's good enough for any sinner. And that's plenty good enough for me. Tapioca, tapioca. Mammy, won't you let me pick up on the poker? Give me tapioca. 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 Oh, come on, we'll have a jubilee. Working on the railroad 20 cents a day. Johnny Puck, a tune on your banjo. Sun pouring down upon their heads. Oh, 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 oh. Somebody's gotta make a living. Children gotta have a little bread. Tapioca, tapioca, a tapioca, tapioca. Won't you, mammy, let you pick up on the poker? Tapioca, 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 tapioca. Come on, we'll have a jubilee. Working on the railroad, twenty cents a day. Johnny, pluck a tune on your banjo. Oh me, oh my, oh my. Mammy, 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 don't you hear the baby cry? 
your speech written for the Chamber of Commerce meeting, Commissioner? Nope. I'll just ad-lib it. I'll start off by saying, ladies and gentlemen of the Chamber of Commerce. Well, that's a snappy opening. And incidentally, Commissioner, I wish you'd report to the Chief of Police about the cop in this neighborhood. He's growing a beard and he looks terrible. I've already spoke to the cop about it. Well, what'd you say? I told him to quit bushing around the beat. Imagine that. We almost took that out, too. <laughs> Very funny. They're ad-libbing there. As Fibber ad-libbing. Uh, the joke got a uh, strong laugh, and they uh, was referring to probably the writers were thinking, should we cut this joke? And no, he's like, uh, yeah, we were going to cut that joke, but it got a good laugh. Works this well. Is, yeah. This is, uh, this is actually, Mike, the very first appearance of Mayor Latrivia, played by Gail Gordon. Uh, October 14th, 1941. And uh, there was it was a satire on the name of Mayor LaGuardia of New York. You know, that we, uh, of course... Yeah, and there's, of course, the there's a uh, uh, an airport there. You know, LaGuardia, of course, uh, named after the mayor. We'll get back to Fibber McGee and Molly after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Lots and lots and lots of uh, your fellow listeners uh, have joined the Hollywood 360 podcast subscription. They get the Hollywood 360 show emailed to them every single Monday. So here we are uh, doing the show on the weekend. And then on Monday, just a couple of days later, the entire five-hour show, along with Radio Rarities, the new Radio Rarities show that uh, that we air, is sent to podcast subscribers, and it's only a dollar fifty a week. It's uh, uh, billed to you five ninety nine a month. That is just to cover our costs to uh, send it to you, and for the bandwidth, and for the uh, company that we use to email it called uh, Mailchimp. That covers our cost to send it to you, and so basically, um, you will receive the full five hour show plus radio rarities every Monday. 
for only $5.99 a month. So if you want to join and get uh, the show and never miss a single moment of what we're doing here, including all of the classic radio shows we play, you'll get six shows a week because we play um, five half-hour classic radio shows on Hollywood 360, plus we play one half-hour classic radio show in the podcast Radio Rarity. So six half-hour shows, only $1.50 a week, billed $5.99 a month. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com and subscribe, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to talk to a live operator, and uh, she or he will answer any questions you may have, and we'll sign you up if you'd like, it's 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And if someone does not answer when you call, just leave your phone number and your name, and someone will return your call. All right, we're listening to Fibber, McGee, and Molly, one of the longest-running comedy shows on network radio. It aired from the 30s all the way into the 50s. Jim and Marion Jordan played uh, Fibber, McGee, and Molly throughout the entire run. Harlow Wilcox was the announcer for most of the run. And uh, this is a broadcast from October 14, 1941, Fibber, wants to be the new fire commissioner of Wistful Vista. Here's the conclusion to Fibber McGee and Molly. Hey, that reminds me, I better call the chamber and see how many members they've rounded up. Hand me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the Wistful Vista chamber. Huh? Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh. How's every little thing, Mert? It is, eh? What's say, Mert? Your old man. In the hospital? He shot off his what? Oh, heavenly days, McGee. What happened? He was in Brooklyn last week and shot off his mouth about the Yankees. <laughs> what say, Mert? Oh, well, don't matter. Thanks anyway, Mert. Ah, great gal, Mert. I'll bet she just lives for the few moments she talks to me every week. <laughs> you call that living? <laughs> Well, never mind. We better get going. A guy in my position owes it to the citizens to be punctual. Oh, you're punctual, all right, dear. Everything we own, we've bought on time. I didn't mean that. Well, congratulations, Fibber, old man. So you're the new fire commissioner. Isn't it wonderful, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, shucks. It's nothing that any red-blooded, clean-living American boy couldn't have done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a wonderful opportunity, my boy. You can now serve not only your city, but those people in Racine, Wisconsin, who have done so much for you and me. Okay, Wilcox. Drag it in, but don't drag it out. (laughs) Why, as Fire Commissioner Fibber, you can help prevent fires. And fire is just about the only thing that Johnson's self-polishing glow coat won't protect your linoleum against. Dirt, yes. Dampness, yes. Stains, yes. Scuffs and scratches, yes. But fire, no. So it's you and Johnson's glow coat against destruction, pal. Get in there and fight. And may the best finish finish first. Johnson! 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 Yay, team! You know, McGee, that man has been seeing too many football games. (laughs) He had me so hopped up, I was tempted to drop back for a quick kick. (laughs) 
restrain myself. Well, come on, Molly. I don't want to be late for that meeting. Get your hat and your stuff. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, little girl. I'm sorry I ain't got time to talk to you now. I've just been made acting fire commissioner, and I'm very busy. What you want? Will you tell me a story, please? Will you? Will you please? Oh, for the here I am, just appointed fire commissioner with the safety of the whole town in my hands, <laughs> and you wanted me to tell you a story. Well, that's always the way, isn't it, mister? Huh? The more important a man is, the more time he has for little acts of kindness, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I ever tell you about the time I was captured by the Indians? In Cleveland? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the Cleveland Indians. These were Shawnees. Mm, gee, Chinese Indians. Oh, boy. I didn't say Chinese. I said Shawnees. Shaw, like in George Bernard. He's English, I bet you. Sure he is. He's as English as roast beef. It's what? Roast beef. I'm I don't care if you are. <laughs> now, you want to hear the story or don't you? No. Oh, sure you do, sis. It's no. Well, sir, one day whilst wandering through the mountains, walking very carefully on account of the wild animals, men living in the wild, sis, has got to learn to use their beans. Use their what? Beans. Oh. Go ahead, mister. I don't like beans. <laughs> well, what happened in the mountains? Huh? I found a little kitten. Oh. A little baby mountain lion. Mm. And you know what I named the kitten? Caboodle. <laughs> Kitten Caboodle. <laughs> Why, mister? Well, Caboodle was an old Shawnee Indian word meaning, look, fellas, I found a mountain lion. <laughs> ah, them Indians could sure put a lot of meaning into one little word. Well, sis... You said that. Huh? Oh. <clears throat> well, anyway, sis, years later, I was in the Brookfield Zoo in Chicago, and I happened past the pit where they keep the mountain lions. Oh. And all of a sudden, I had a hunch. I leans over the edge of the pit and hollers, Hey, Capoodle, it's Ugtug. Mm-hmm. Ugtug. That's a Shawnee word meaning white man found mountain lion. Oh. <laughs> well, sir, the minute that lion heard my voice, he comes bounding to the edge of the pit, sticks out his paw, and rips my shirt right off. Oh. Darn near killed me. <laughs> it wasn't Capoodle at all. <laughs> Wasn't that an amazing story? <laughs> Mister, the Shawnees haven't got anything on us, I bet you, for saying a lot in one little word. What you mean, sis? Boy. <laughs> That's gratitude for you. Next time I tell her a story, I'll keep it to myself. Now listen, Ugg Tug. We'd better scram out of the teepee for powwow down at the big lodge Oh my gosh, almost time for the meeting Well, come on, let's get going Martha Tilton singing Easy Street Easy Street I'd love to live on Easy Street Nobody works on Easy Street Just sit around all day Just sit and play the horses Life is sweet For folks who live on Easy Street No 
weekly payments you must meet that makes your hair turn gray. When opportunity comes knocking, you just keep on with your rocking, cause you know your fortune's made. And if the sun makes you perspire, there's a man that you can hire to plant trees so you can have shade on easy streets. I'm telling everyone I meet, if I could live on easy streets, I wouldn't want no job today, so please go away. Opportunity comes knocking, you just keep on with your rocking, cause you know your fortune's made. And if the sun makes you perspire, there's a man that you can hire to plant trees so you can have shade on easy streets. I'm telling everyone I meet, if I could live on easy streets, job today so please go away and so ladies and gentlemen of the chamber of commerce as acting fire commissioner I want to say that as long as we're all in the same boat, walking along life's pathway together, let us all put our shoulders to the grindstone and with colors flying, gird up our lions and kiwanises and make Wistful Vista a better, safer place to live in which to live in. That's fine. That's fine. May, uh, may I ask a question, Commissioner? Of course, bud. All us public servants welcome comments from the people. What's the question? Is there any penalty for turning in a false alarm? There certainly is. Then I guess you're safe for a while. <laughs> quiet, please, quiet order. And if the chameleon who just spoke <laughs> will come to our next fire, we'll be glad to let him mingle with the rest of the silly ashes. <laughs> Yoo-hoo, McGee. The lady will please address the chair as Yoo-hoo, Commissioner. <laughs> you have the floor, madam. Well, I've been talking to Mr. Mills sitting next to me here, and he has a complaint to make. He has, eh? Billy, do you mean to sit there with no sleeves in your vest and criticize this fire department? Yes, I do, Skimp. State your case. Well, last week I was knocking off some hot licks on my piano, and it caught on fire. Yes? That was about 3 p.m. Your fire department didn't show up until 6.30. Hmm. Did you call them right away? Oh, do you have to call them? <laughs> Folks, just to show you how wrong Mr. Mills is and how quick our boys do get on the job, I'm going to try an experiment. We're going to turn in an alarm right now and see how long it takes them to get here. I'll show the settings. Fine, McGee. Mrs. Commissioner McGee, will you please step to the telephone and call the fire department? Certainly. Uh, pardon me, please. Uh, thank you. Hello, operator. Uh, give me the Wistful Vista Fire Department... Oh, is that you, Myrtle? No, 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 no. Never mind that. Get the fire department. Give me the fire department, Myrtle, quick. Hello, fire department. I want to... What? 
No, this is not the pot of gold. <laughs> I'm calling from the Chamber of Commerce. It's on fire. Hurry. Thank you, Mrs. McGee. And now, if you'll all keep an eye on your watches, we'll see just how long it takes our brave fire laddies. Uh, Mr. To... Commissioner, may I say a few words while we're waiting? Why, certainly. The chair recognizes Mrs. Uppington, in spite of that funny-looking hat. <laughs> Mrs. Uppington? Commissioner McGee and fellow members of the Wistful Vista Chamber of Commerce... Oh, make it snappy, Abigail. Technically, we're on fire. <laughs> Very well. I merely wish to protest against the unseemly nerve-wracking sound emitted by our fire department on its way to a conflagration. Such bells and sirens. It's ridiculous. Can't we install some melodious chimes, such as are heard on the good humor trucks? Order, please, order. I'm sorry, Mrs. Uppington, if our firefighting methods are too dad-added raucous for your delicate nerves. <laughs> I'll have them take off the sirens and put on a fireman with a flute plan I don't want to set the world on fire. <laughs> And while we're at it, we'll have the police throw away their revolvers and carry water pistols. Does that satisfy you, Uppy? Certainly, Mr. McGee. Well... If a little squirt can run the fire department, it ought to work with the police. <laughs> order, please, order. Ladies and gentlemen, in the few seconds we have left, I think it would be fitting to hear from Wistful Vista's poet laureate, Mr. Wallace Wimple. He's composed a little verse in honor of this occasion. Mr. Wimple. And friends, I have called this little poem The Fire in the Creamery. Our smoke gets in your eyes, cream. <laughs> and it goes. When your restaurant burned down, I had to write this little sonnet in hopes my tablecloth was saved because I figured my income tax upon it. Oh, that's wonderful, Mr. Wimple. Was it? Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, it's nothing, Mrs. McGee, really. As long as this meeting is concerned with our fire department, I would like to pay tribute to the woman who risked everything she had to test their life-saving equipment, Mrs. Wimple, my wife. Oh, what'd she do, Wimple? Well, when our fire company first got their landing nets, they stood on the sidewalk, and my wife stood in a window ten stories overhead. Oh, really? And then at a signal... The long, fearful drop to the net. Time after time. What if she did keep missing the net? <laughs> she would not give up. She persisted until the fireman finally told her to stop. The net was a success. That's why I say... But Mr. Wimple, wasn't she hurt falling ten stories time after time? Oh, she didn't fall. She kept throwing me out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hey, quiet, everybody. Listen. Well, really, they went right on past. <laughs> they're, they're probably swinging around and back where the fire escapes are. They, uh-oh, Listen. before those guys get here. Pipe down, bud. There's a wiseacre that needs plowing under. 
There must be some reason for all this. Wait here, everybody, and I'll be right back with the explanation. Come on, Molly, let's run out and see what's wrong. Yes, yes. that's a good idea. Oh, look, McGee, here they come again. Ah, here comes the fire chief. Uh, hey, chief. Yeah, one side there, Commissioner. There's a fire in here. Oh, no, there ain't, bud. This is just a test run. Uh, uh, just checking up. Say, McGee, where's your manners? What manners? Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Molly, meet Chief Conley, one of my firefighting brothers. Oh, how do you do, I'm sure, brother. <laughs> how do you do? Hey, what took you so long to get here, Chief? Oh, some dope parked his car in front of the hydrant down at the corner. Oh. We had to ram it out of the way. That's good work, Chief. Nice going, brother. And then we notified the police to haul it away. Great stuff, Chief. Serves him right. Whose car was it? Yours. <laughs> what? You mean... Well, you see, Commissioner, That's I... all, brother. Come on, Ugg-Tug. Here's good news for all Fibber and Molly fans. How do you like to have an autographed picture of Fibber, McGee, and Molly and their cast? I have one right here, and I wish you could all see it. For a limited time only, you can have one free with your purchase of Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Glow Coat, or any Johnson's Wax polish in pint, pound, or larger sizes. Now, your dealer has a very limited supply of these free pictures. You'd better see them right away and avoid disappointment. Even if you already have some Glow Coat or Johnson's Wax on hand, now is a good time to buy an extra package so you and your family can enjoy this interesting autographed picture of Fibber and Molly and their cast. But don't put it off too long. Your dealer's supply of these pictures is really limited. Remember, this unique photograph is yours free with your purchase of Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, or any Johnson's Wax polish in pint, pound, or larger size. Well, they're a pretty cooperative bunch down there at the City Hall, Molly. <laughs> I'll give them credit for that. How cooperative. They accepted my resignation as fire commissioner without a murmur. Well, that's nice, dearie. <laughs> I always... Oh, say, McGee. Huh? Your vest is all ripped down the front. How'd you do that? Oh, I must have done that when I took off my badge. You took it off? Well, all right, they took it off. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. That's one of the great ones, Fibber McGee and Molly, October 14, 1941. Fibber, the fire commissioner of Wistful Vista, and uh, Jim and Marion Jordan starring there. And that is Mayor Latrivia's first appearance, Gail Gordon. And you heard the great, um, uh, the, the, the uh, voice of, what was the name of the, oh yeah, Elmer Fudd. I'm trying to think of what character that was. Arthur Q. Bryant and uh, his voice there of, uh, that he used for the cartoon, Elmer Fudd. Little sweetie face. Uh, I can't do it, but you know what I'm talking about. Hope you enjoyed Fibber McGee and Molly. Time now for Sarah Knight Adamson. She's Hollywood 360's national movie critic. Here's Sarah's backstage pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. 
Tonight, I'm going to review a movie that is playing now in theaters. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant follows U.S. Army Sergeant John Kinley, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, and Afghan interpreter Amid, played by Dar Selim, in 2018. This is during the Afghanistan War. After being ambushed, Amid saves a wounded Kinley against all odds. When Kinley, now back in the U.S., learns that Amid and his family were not given safe passage to America as promised, he decides to repay his debt by returning to the war zone to save them before they are captured by the Taliban. You still don't remember a thing? I don't remember any of it. I only remember the interpreter. Based on true events, you can't help become immersed in this harrowing story. Money isn't the reason he wants this job. The Taliban killed his son. Stop the vehicle, Sergeant. We don't want to go down this road. You're out of your bounds, Ahmed. You're here to translate. Actually, I'm here to interpret. John, you have tellies approaching. Historically, Guy Ritchie films going back 25 years... You know, they have their own genre. They contain stylized and flamboyant and often just silly action and, of course, violence. The Covenant is his first war film, and it's based on a true story. This is a very serious film with realistic action. I have seen all of his films, and I do like his work. But here, oh, I think this is his best yet. Four stars out of four. Thanks for listening in tonight. I'm Sarah Knight-Adamson your film and TV critic for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Check out my interview with talent from The Covenant on my website. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, in our next hour, we're going to tune in to Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet going back to 1950. And we're also going to listen to the most famous comedy sketch of all time, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with their famous baseball routine, Who's On First? It's all in our next hour. Stick around. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.